0: Uh, So, this year is the second year where I have not had either of my grandfathers on planet Earth anymore. And so, Father's Day is a bit bittersweet. Uh, My main spiritual mentor, if you like, uh, passed away last May, Uh, my pop. And so, it's been a bit of a weird uh, kind of last, uh, whatever, 14, 15 months now uh, without him on planet Earth. Uh, And I lost uh, my dad's dad, let's say, four years ago. But I had the privilege of doing both of their funerals, which is, to be honest, an incredible gift. Uh, One of the blessings of of my role to be able to do uh, that. And so I don't have any relevant stories of grandparents or grandfathers uh, to speak of. But uh, a few months ago, uh, it was my nana's 90th birthday, which is a pretty good uh, achievement. And to celebrate 90, all of my extended family, particularly my parents and their siblings, uh, decided to get everyone together. And we have a massive extended family. My uh, nana and pa had five kids, and they each had a lot of kids, uh, apart from my parents. And so getting everybody together is not like a 10 kind of people place. It's about a 50, 60, 70 plus kind of people place. Um, And we hadn't seen each other uh, for a long period of time. There were some of my cousins who had just started school the last time I saw them, and now they're in university. So it had been 20 years, right, or less than that. Um, but the reason why we were gathering was not for us to socialize and to catch up in what what are you studying this year and what are you doing and who are you dating now, oh, you got married, that's lovely, or whatever. That wasn't the purpose of catching up. The purpose was to be there for Nan, that we were there for Nan and we were gathered for her, to celebrate her. And as I sat thinking about what we're going to talk about today, if we had shown up at this Uh, birthday party, all 70 of us, and none of us had said anything to my nana. None of us had gone over there, given her a hug and a kiss and made a joke that she loves. None of us had just gone over there just to say, hey, we would have completely missed the point of being there. It wouldn't have been a birthday party at all. We would have just been having high tea in the Dandenongs, and that would have been great, but we wouldn't have been there for the purpose that we are there for, right? Uh, So we can't miss it. We couldn't miss it. If we weren't there for Nan, we'd miss the point. And as we discuss today in the, probably the last week of prayer for a while, uh, this is the most important week. And I'd strongly urge, this is like you go into an art gallery to look at one piece that was from like the 1700s and you just miss it because of the line and you just feel so depressed the whole time you're traveling around the world after that, right? So don't miss it what we're about to talk about, and that is simply this, hearing God through Jesus. We've talked about hearing God in all sorts of ways, through God's Word, through creation, we've talked about it through music, uh, but this is really where the rubber hits the road. And I want to start this morning with a, uh, with a story. There's three guys that go up a mountain with Jesus, Peter, James, and John. There is, there is main three people, uh, and they go up a mountain, and they go up there to pray, So at least it's in context today. So they're going up there to pray, and as they're walking up this mountain, Jesus' face changes. The appearance of his face changes, and his clothes become as bright as a flash of lightning. And then two guys show up, Moses and Elijah. And it's significant, Moses and Elijah, because in the Old Testament, the people heard from God through the law. So Moses is there. They're going to hear from God. Great, through the law. But they also heard from God through the prophets. There's Elijah. So here we've got the law, the prophets... Everyone who's heard from God, we're going to listen to these people. That's Peter, James, and John's idea. Great. Everyone's here, right? And they spoke about Jesus leaving, which is a weird thing to talk about, right? And Peter and his uh, friends became very sleepy, which I don't know about you. If I've just climbed up a mountain and I've been talking for a while, I'm probably a bit sleepy too. Um, And they saw... Uh, Jesus glory and they become fully awake and there's these two people standing around him right and as the men are leaving Jesus so they're not hanging around Peter said you know what it's great for us to be here we're kind of in the upper echelons now of the hall of fame we should set up some tents because we've got to celebrate this like we can't come down we've got to stay here for a while have a little spiritual retreat we've got Moses and Elijah here everything's going great um, but they leave and then a voice overshadows them and this is what the voice says and it's God speaking a voice came from the cloud saying this is my son whom I have chosen or who I've loved listen to him this is my son whom I have chosen listen to him it's significant because the people were used to listening to Moses and his laws or listening to the prophets. Well, they didn't really listen to the prophets, but that was the intention. Um, And so they're used to listening to Moses and Elijah and then all of a sudden, they've gone and all that's left is Jesus. And God says, listen to him. He's my son. I've chosen him. We see in Hebrews 1, 1 to 3, it's just beautiful verses and it's very relevant to what we just sung before says this, in the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, that's Elijah, and many times and in various ways. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things. It means everything's his, right? And through him, he made the universe. So God's not just, just handing it on to somebody who's just shown up last minute, like a Stephen Bradbury. No, he's handing it over to someone who's been here from the beginning. We read that at the start of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Nothing was created but for Jesus, right? And through whom he made all the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. What does that mean? It means he is God, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So when he speaks, things hold together. After he had provided purifications for sin, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Hearing God through Jesus. There are so many passages we could talk about in the New Testament specifically, but let's just <coughs> stick with a few. This is John, 14, uh, sorry, John 12, 49 to 50. It says this, For I did not, this is Jesus speaking, for I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his commands lead to eternal life, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. This is the clearest link with God, or Jesus specifically, saying, God's up there, I'm down here, I am God, I'm only saying what he tells me to say, because we're the same thing. I speak the words that he speaks. And what we can't miss today is that if we miss Jesus, we miss the whole thing. The whole thing. Not half the thing, the whole thing. We can read our Bibles all we want, but if we miss the fact that Jesus is God and that God speaks through his Son, we have missed it. We've missed it. John 14. Again, Jesus speaking. And this is directly after Philip has just asked to see the Father. Jesus is speaking, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Again, he's linking himself. Me and God, we're one. We speak the same language. We look the same. If you want to know what God is like, look at me. John 5, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Why did they try and kill him? Because he was claiming to be God. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he's seen his Father doing, because what the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, and even so the Son gives life to who he is pleased to give it to. If you want to know who God is, you look to Jesus. I know about you, but very often I do not read the red words in the Gospels. And they're read for a specific reason. I don't know if you know this. They're read to emphasize the fact that Jesus said it. If, if you're just reading a book, it's like, oh, yep, so-and-so did so-and-so, and they went somewhere and they said something. That's great. The reason why I emphasize it is because Jesus said it and because his word matters, and it, it makes a difference. <clears throat> so Jesus, God says to him, this is my son. Listen to him. But note some of the things back here. It says down the bottom there, after he provided purification for sins, he sat down in the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So not listening to him because it's a good idea, which it is. We're listening to him because he's forgiven us. And because he's up next to God right now, whispering in his ear, hey, remember Jim? They're with me now. Or you fast forward a little bit down here. Wherever it's gone. Yeah, verse twenty-one. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so the son gives life to whom he's pleased to give it. It's not just that he's forgiving us. It's not just that he's up with God now speaking into our heart, into God's ear. He raises the dead. And he gives life to whoever he pleases to give it to. God says, This is my son, listen to him listen to it. How often do we open the Gospels and just read the words of Jesus? I just This is open on Matthew 10 right now, all men who hate will hate you because of me but the one who stands firm till the end will be saved. Or this one, it's not the healthy you need a doctor but the sick. Go and learn what it means, I desire mercy not sacrifice for I have not come to call the righteous, that's people who get it all right, I've come to call sinners. Jesus is constantly inviting people into something. Louis mentioned before, maybe he's inviting us to surrender something to him today, a fear or an addiction or something. Then he speaks tender words like this. Take heart, daughter, your faith has healed you. Or when when he enters a home and everyone's playing the funeral procession, he says this, go away. The girl's not dead. She's asleep. And then he raises her. Probably the thing that we can't miss the most is this truth, though. It says, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity just means God. All the fullness of God lives in bodily form. Jesus was not just some random person who claimed to be a God and then who lived and died and has some nice teaching. Jesus is God. And in him, the fullness of God dwells. And so as he speaks and as we see how he interacts with people, that is how God interacts with people. That is the heart that God has. Let me close with this. It's in Colossians. And for me, it blows my mind a little bit, this verse. This is Paul speaking. I have become its servant. That's the servant of the gospel. By the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations but has now been disclosed to God's people. To us God has has chosen to make known among us the glorious riches of his mystery. It sounds like a national treasure movie, right? Sounds like we got all this, there's a map to a treasure. And it's going to be great, And here's the treasure, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It says up there that God's fullness dwells in Jesus. And all of a sudden right here it says that Jesus dwells in us. It's hard to comprehend. But as we think about prayer and as we think about a conversation with God, we're not talking about God in the ethos. We're not even just talking to a God who wants us to hug trees or listen to nice music. We're talking to a God who lives within us. A God who goes where we go. A God who sees what we see. A God who invites us into a deeper relationship with himself. Not a God out there somewhere, but a God here. It's not that we're gods at all, we're not. But for some weird and wacky reason, he loves us so much that He didn't just exist and die and rise again. He came to live within us because He wants a relationship with us. And so as we think about prayer as a conversation with God, we're invited by God to have a conversation. We're invited by God to a relationship. We're invited by God not just to keep some nice rules or to listen to an angry prophet yell at people. We're invited to know that we're delighted in, enough that God would dwell in us. And the way we go, he goes. The way we're in the boardroom and it's stressful, we don't just have to pray to a God, somewhere who may care, we can know that the God who loves us so much lives within us and cares so deeply. And cares so deeply. As we transition in a minute, I just, I just want you to sit for a moment and just see what's sat with you today. I'm not just talking about the message right now, but what sat with you this morning? And is there one thing on your heart as you leave today that you just feel like, I just need to say it? In a moment, I'm just going to pray and we're going to have a chance to do that quickly. Just in your rows, just say one thing that stood out to you today. And pray for one another and then we'll continue. Father, I thank you that you are a God who gives good gifts to your children. And the end of that verse is that you're a God who grants the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And what is the Holy Spirit? It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Father, that you weren't just God in a bod on planet Earth, but that you decided to dwell within us. Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth chose to be intimately acquainted with his creation. It's not just that you walk in the garden with Adam and Eve, but that you walk every day with us. And Father, we can't afford to miss that. because that does change everything. That if the Son of God lives within us, the anxiety, fear, addiction, depression, struggles at work, in relationships, all that stuff just fades away to the knowledge that the God who created it all lives and works and walks with us. And so, Father, whatever encouragement we have today, Help us be humble in one sense knowing that we don't control anything but help us be overjoyed in the other to know that the one who does loves us so intimately that you want a deep relationship with us and you'll do whatever you can, whatever you have to to do that even if it means dying and rising from the dead. Help us not to miss this week Lord as we open our Bibles. Help us open it and read about your Son if we want to know you, the best way is to get to know your son, because you and your son are one.